Thank you so much, Gil. Well, yesterday I participated in a cultural phenomenon. You might have heard it because it's been on the 24-hour news cycle as of late. It's known as Barbenheimer. Has anybody heard of this? This is because lately in Hollywood they found their stride again after many and various flops on the big screen. There have been two, two new movies, both of which have been deemed with the title Blockbuster. And they are Barbie and Oppenheimer. Now, I'm a self-professed history nerd. My family groans every time I pull over the car or have to stop to read the historical marker or go into a museum. So you know that right off the bat, Oppenheimer is the one that I most wanted to see. However, if you notice the order, it's Barbenheimer. So you're supposed to see Barbie first and then Oppenheimer. That and I will never be able to drag my tween-aged daughter to see Oppenheimer in the first place. So Barbie it was. Admittedly, I went into this movie theater with very low expectations. I mean, really. It helps me give self-medication in movies such as that when you are already knowing how it's going to end 15 minutes in. But I must say that Barbie deeply surprised me. Do you know what I found that Barbie possessed that I would never have dreamed Barbie possessed? Soul. Great soul. Within the movie, Barbie was a deep existential question, which is the following. Who am I, and do I have the permission to be that person? Now, without giving any spoiler alerts of how Barbie ends, I will say that I will move on, but I will conclude by saying this. As I watched Barbie, I could not help but think of today's scripture as which was recently read to us. Why? Because not only does the scripture ask the question, who am I and do I have permission to be that person, but it answers the question. For in what has to be the greatest discovery of this man's life within the parable of Christ, he finds a treasure buried in a field. Now, a little historical context, so you don't just think that Jesus is making this up in a lark, but in that day and time where there were no banks and no safety deposit boxes, it was quite common that people would hide their most special possessions in the ground, especially when invading forces were crashing down upon them and they knew that if they were found with it, they would be stripped away from it. So they would hide it in their fields. They would say, from that oak tree 50 paces to the right, that's where we're gonna hide granddaddy's golden watch. And whenever it's safe to descend from the hills back to our property, there we will find that treasure in safe keeping. But also what was the case is that sometimes those who hid the treasure 
we're never able to get back in time to find it. Why? Because in their absence, someone else came along to cultivate the field. And as they're plowing under the earth, what do they run across? But lo and behold, a treasure. Something they know doesn't belong to them, but because there's a rabbinic law that basically states finders, keepers, they get to become the inheritors of that treasure. It becomes theirs now and forevermore. And sometimes for people that don't have a nickel to their name, you can imagine the zeal that got into their heart and spirit as they realized in an instant, they became far more wealthy than they could have ever dreamed. Jesus says this is a similar occurrence within the kingdom of God, which likewise is a great field. And there are people at work within it. And whether they realize it or not, they're always on the cusp of making a great discovery, a treasure, something that can radically change their heart, mind, and soul. Something that can not only answer the question of who you are, but can also tell you what you have the permission and freedom to be within the kingdom. Now this, my friends, is a great question of the soul. The soul being that part of us, which John Calvin said being different from the body, being created by God, and being the more noble side of our being, it is within each and every one of us. And that soul, which asks questions, questions which we long to hear the answers to, questions which everybody's asking, be it Christ follower or no, and everybody in their own way, is searching for that answer. But Jesus says those who are searching within the kingdom of God will surely find the treasure, something that speaks to their soul's identity, something that tells them their soul's meaning, and ultimately something that reveals the full potential your soul possesses. It's by surprise that we find these things because that's when we are most vulnerable to new possibilities and are willing to put aside risk avoidance. It's like when you go into all of these clothing stores, whether they're here in Carrollton or in the mountains where we were this past week, and everybody has a sales rack outside and on their windows, they have the following words plastered, flash sale. Now that, for me, is enough to send a shiver down my spine. You don't necessarily want to take me shopping with you. I have about a one-hour maximum capacity wherein I can endure it, but ultimately, I just can't hold on any longer. Even when you would come to me and you would say, look how much I saved on this sale. I'm going to coldly respond, no. Look how much you've spent. <laughs> but I, even I, the hardened person who is against shopping, must say that every now and again, 
when you're peeking through that sales rack, you find something that you know you truly need, and it has no business being on that sales rack. You kind of peek around, thinking that it can only be there by mistake. Then you nonchalantly take it off the rack and walk to the cashier, thinking that even still, when you hand that item over to be scanned, the cashier is going to look at you and have to say, sorry, that item was placed there by mistake. There's no way that we could ever sell it to you at that price. But when they pass the little laser on top of the price tag, and you buy that thing at a fraction of its value, and you walk away feeling like you have just stolen the store blind. You have a new zeal for life, don't you? It was a surprise. You didn't see it coming. And such is the case when you are on the threshold of discovering your soul. Jesus says it seemingly comes out of nowhere so that you are almost taken aback that something so precious would be found amongst so many common and ordinary things. But when you find it, in your excitement, you were able to push risk to the side and engage in a new conversation about what this soul's meaning could be for your life. Jesus said that the person that found the treasure in the field was so excited by the steal that he had just made that he went and sold all of his possessions, all of his former identity, all of his old life, so that he could buy the field and officially be the possessor of the treasure that lay within. Such is the meaning that Jesus promises to all of our souls if we are likewise willing to push fear aside and embrace the new possibilities of life. I'm going to tell you one of the fears that is common to the everyday man is not fear of what will happen to me, but more so the fear that is how will my life change? For to enter into the conversation of what my soul means with God means that we are saying we are officially done with the life of comfort. You see, folks, comfort is a soul killer. Comfort is where we live in dug-out ruts that we call grooves and where we are constantly just digging in the field. And even when we see the possibility of a hidden treasure, we almost cover it back up for fear of what that could mean. Comfort means for us just working the nine to five. Comfort means just making the ends meet. Comfort means just getting the kids to school and back during this new school year. Comfort could even be just showing up occasionally on a Sunday morning at First Baptist, ticking the box beside the religious duty and then moving on life. The life meaning for the soul means that you are divorcing yourself from comfort. 
It means that you are saying farewell to the old ways of life and you are embracing all things new. And the scary thing about that is we don't exactly know what those things are. It's the unknown. It's the unseen. It's the things that while they give us great fear and trepidation, we also have to admit that it makes us feel alive. Saint Irenaeus, that great first century saint of the church, said that the glory of God is a man who is fully alive. A person who realizes that the purpose of the soul, your meaning, is that your soul is continuously growing by entering into partnership with the will of God in your life. So that by faith, you take God's hands to new horizons, new places, new people, and you say, though it be unknown to me, I know that God's will will never take me where God's grace cannot keep me. And as you do, my friends, this soul that you have discovered in the kingdom of God grows grows in meaning, grows in impact, grows in significance. It's the type of thing that at life's end, when you're looking back upon all the many years that you were able to say, not success, not failure, not I made it, not I didn't, but you're able to say, I truly lived. I truly lived. I embrace the human experience. I embrace the kingdom of God. I lived as Jesus lived. And you know what? It was worth it. For it was Jesus, many believe, who was talking about himself in this parable. He was the person that found the treasure. He was the person that sold everything to be the possessor of it. And he was the person that lived unapologetically for it. With his life, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection through which he proclaims that any and all who similarly want to be the possessors of their soul, who similarly want to find the meaning of their soul, this life and what it's for, who similarly want to have the potential of their soul unlocked, can do so. There's a decision that each and every one of us have to make. Whereas Jesus was talking to those who were listening in his day, there were many who undoubtedly likewise had soul, but far too many of them were asleep. That's possibly the greatest critique within this parable. Everybody has a soul, but far too many souls today are asleep. I think God looks at the church and thinks the same. Souls everywhere, far too many, are taking a snooze. Far too many have grown deaf to the new possibilities of the kingdom of God that are ever-present in 2023, who check the need-not-apply box besides how their faith actually influences their life. And it is that reason that I believe that God is calling across the church today a great reawakening of souls. 
That those who have never had their soul awakened, or for those who have had their soul awakened but have fallen back asleep, are able to, in the words of Paul to the church of court, awake, O sleeper, and let the light of God shine upon you. Let everyone rediscover that treasure hidden in a field. In so doing, let them say, I'm not here to live a life of comfort. I'm here to live a life of meaning. And therein, I'm entering into partnership with the will of God so that I can unlock my soul's true potential, which, by the way, my friends, is endless. I believe God's doing that right here at First Baptist Church in our very presence. I believe I'm seeing souls awakening to new and brave possibilities, and it gives me so much excitement to look at our future. Not only how you spiritually are going to understand the deep depth that is God's love and grace for you, but we, we collectively will dare to dream on you what God is doing here in our midst and how he desires for us to be his hands and his feet for this city of Carrollton that we call home. This state of Georgia, which in Carrollton resides, this nation, this entire globe. Yes, those types of dreams can cause some consternation. Some of you are already saying, boy, that gets a little beside me, Pastor. I feel anxious just thinking of something so big and so broad. But don't be afraid. As surely as God plants that treasure within you, he's going to give us the roadmap so that we can live into the future that he is calling us to become. And that, my friends, is good news. And that is why the best is yet to come. We pray. Oh God, a treasure in the field awaits us all. Perhaps there are those today who are discovering that treasure for the first time. Praise be to God. If so, may they take hold of it. May they declare boldly, I am a child of God. And my soul is found in Christ Jesus. But for all of us, all of us who are children of God, may we likewise reawaken the soul's possibility. May we find that treasure anew. May we be so bold as to take hold of it, leaving behind comfort, which is the soul killer, and embracing anew the meaning and the potential that you alone can unlock in our lives. And when we come for dreams and plans that are far bigger than our own imaginations and that cause great fear and anxiety within, then we lie on you once again, O oh God, for your grace will sustain us, your arms will empower us, your heart will give us life to do this and immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. For these great words of faith, O oh God, we respond in kind now in this moment of invitation. Let every heart be open to your spirit and your possibility. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Would you stand and would you sing this time of invitation?